Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sports book, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Middlecoff mailbag, needed to get it in. Just uh, watched a University of Texas, Steve Sarkeesian, blow a game like he usually does. And I thought, you know what? I realize I haven't recorded a podcast yet today. It's Tomorrow's going to be Sunday. We like to get a little content out on Sunday morning. So at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire into those direct messages. It's just my name, two Fs. Fire into those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. It's very, very easy. At John Middlecoff, Instagram, fire in on the DMs. But before we dive into the mailbag, I just wanted to hit on something. You know, I I don't hold personal vendettas or I, I just don't care about like when I'm right or wrong about coaches and players. I just tend to feel pretty confident when I take a hard stance. And my stance on Steve Sarkeesian, I've never met the guy. Honestly, I've never talked to the guy one time. Even when I was scouting and doing the West Coast, he was coaching at the University of Washington. I never even talked to him. I talked to a bunch of his assistants. With the couple of school visits I made, he wasn't even there. So I have no personal anything involved in this guy. So when I say this guy isn't a good head coach, I'm just saying that strictly the way I judge him off television and his teams. And his resume simply tells you he's not a good head coach. And today, up in the fourth quarter, on the road against Oklahoma State, with the best player on the field, Bijan Robinson, honestly, if he, if he was a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman, or definitely a quarterback, I mean, this guy would be like the number one pick in the draft. He is an elite talent at running back. He is an awesome player. And he was the best player on the field. Yet with a late lead, and his quarterback, Quinn Ewers, who's just off, who just had a bad game, it happens. You know, and I don't know if Ewers is going to be some superstar player or maybe he'll just be an up and down player. Only time will tell. But like you're Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Bryce Harper, you're allowed bad games. But when your quarterback is off and your best player is your running back and you're up late in the game, run the ball. Run the football over and over and over again. 
and you'll win. Instead, he just didn't ride Bijan hard enough, and they lost. Now, Steve Sarkeesian is not going to get fired, even if they end up 7-5 and five or 8-4, and four, simply because of Arch Manning. That saves his season. So he can underachieve, which he is clearly underachieving right now, now with his third loss of the season. And uh, my, my guess would he ends up eight and four. But like, if you gave a good, if you, Brian Kelly, for example, do you know what I love about, it's my favorite part about the sports that, you know, someone, you know, I, I talk about it for a living, but I'm not judged on wins and losses. I'm judged on revenue, on listenership. You know, in anyone listening to this, right, if you you run a business or a part of a business, you you have to hit quotas. Like, it's not just as black and white on a weekly basis of do you win or do you lose? Does your team get better every week? Every single person, including myself, made fun of Brian Kelly for, for installing the Southern draw when he went to Louisiana and he tried to say family and he couldn't really say it because he's kind of a Northeast elite. But at the end of the day, Brian Kelly is a big-time football coach. A big-time football coach. And I looked up today, and now LSU is 6-2. and two. I text someone today, like, are you seeing Brian Kelly kick Lane's ass? Do you know that he's about to be 6-2? and two? And the response I get was like, I thought he was like 3-5. and five. Honestly, so did I. I had no clue that even going into this game, he was 5-2. and two. He worked Lane Kiffin today, and now he's 6-2. and two. Like, Brian Kelly wins everywhere he goes. It doesn't matter if Jaden Daniels is head coach or quarterback. It doesn't matter if Manti Teos is middle line. It doesn't matter. Players, uh, once upon a time, when I was at Fresno State, we played his last season at University of Cincinnati. Uh, I forget. Tony Pike was his quarterback, the tall guy. Like He wins with all sorts of people because he's a winner. Steve Sarkeesian is just, I wouldn't call him a loser, but he's just an average football coach. Just a very average football coach. And in a program like Texas, which, let's face it, is a little overrated in the grand scheme of the history of the program, it's actually not Oklahoma when you look at their success, definitely over the last like 40 years. But when it comes to the money and the finances and the amount of money now that with NIL, they're paying for this team. Like part of the deal, the Yankees are getting their ass kicked right now. The reason people get pissed off like Yankee fans and Yankee management, like should Aaron Boone get fired? It's because of the money they're paying their team. Right? It's like, well, the more money you have, the higher your standards are. Yeah, I don't hold like the little mom and pop shop at the same levels as I do when I go to the nicest steak restaurant in town. You you charge me $10 for a burrito or you charge me, you know, uh, $100 for a plate. Like, I'm going to have a different standard on the way I judge you. And I, I say the same thing with the University of Texas. Like, they are spending way too much money to just blow these games. And the reason they're blowing these games, in my opinion, is their head coach who just blows games. And look at LSU. They give Brian Kelly 90 plus million dollars. Immediately they're relevant. Immediately they're competitive. And immediately they're headed toward, you know, I, I don't think they'll probably go 10 and 2, but 9 and 3. Just rattling off SEC wins now. So coaching matters. It, it always has and it always will. Middlecoff mailbag. Hey, man, just wanted to let you know that the segment about Russell Wilson and Let's Ride saying isn't made up. I live in Denver, and Denver, and it's something they say since Peyton Manning. It's supposed to be United in Orange, we ride. United in Orange, we ride. I just wanted to let you know because I love your podcast. It's my first listen and don't want you to have misinformation. Well, United in Orange, we ride is not Let's Ride. 
And what I said is I've never, ever heard one person say, let's ride until Russell Wilson says it. So are you saying that the saying is completely different? I, I haven't been to Denver since Peyton Manning Day. So do people say let's ride in Denver? Like, is that something they say? Or is United in Orange we ride? So Russell just made up the statement. Like when the Warriors wins. Warriors fans say go Dubs. Players say go Dubs. Go Dubs is part of the deal. Eagles, like when the things are going well, people say fly, Eagles, fly. Right? Alabama, roll tide. So if, if whenever Saban retires and Dabo Sweeney, Lane Kiffin, whoever takes over Alabama, they'll say roll tide. Just like next head coach of the Warriors will say go Dubs. Next GM head coach in a long time because Sirianni and Harry are killing it. For the Eagles, we'll say fly, Eagles, fly. Just what you say. Who says let's ride? Like he's he made up a statement based on a statement that, like you said, it's only been around since 2014. I don't know, man. I, I I hear what you're saying. I don't find it misinformation if what you're saying is correct and he just added, created a statement off another statement. Then how many people really you're saying when you go around, like people say, in orange we ride. Like it, that's that seems pretty complicated. So I'm not you live it. I, I appreciate you listening. But I don't know if I'm backing off my stance on that one. Messaging you from my wife's account since I don't have IG. Love your show. I've been listening for a while and now got my sister listening as well. I appreciate you guys. We think you are hilarious. To each other in voicemail. Anyway, I think your Kyler takes are spot on. However, when he was yelling at Cliff on Thursday night, he was saying, calm the F down. You're on TV. This got me thinking. And I realized the Cardinals are on an in-season hard knocks this season. So maybe Kyler was protecting Cliff in this case. I'm not a Kyler defender, but maybe this time he had Cliff's back. Keep up the great work, John. Shout out my brother, Jordan Sweet, Sweat, Army Vet. Appreciate you. Love the American military. Thank you, uh, Jordan. And starting safety of the Eagles of Ash. Oh, he's the starting safety of the Eagles? Jordan Sweat. Fucking awesome. He's uh, 6'3", has range, all-around stud. What a badass. Uh, thank you for your service. I I guess I could see your theory. I, now, I got to completely disagree with Colin calling Kyler an alpha because he yelled. Like his, Colin's take was, listen, high intensity football is not like our jobs. People yell at each other all the time. 100%. You, you, football, I, I never judge anyone in football for yelling at each other. Right? I, hell, I got screamed at when I worked in college football, let alone in the NFL. It, it's a... Uh, just like I say it all the time, it's Wall Street on grass. When you see these movies of Wall Street, everyone getting screamed at, football's the same way. They're not the same if you walk into most office you know, setups where people are just very passive aggressive. But I got to push back on Kyler being like some alpha. <laughs> I think they've questioned his leadership. They've questioned his uh, you know, teammates even liking him. And listen, I'm not saying he's... It's one thing, like, yelling at Bill Parcells or Belichick. He is yelling at Cliff Kingsbury, who I don't think is that good of a coach either. But, like, has Kyler earned the benefit of the doubt? Like, they're constantly yelling at each other. It's just kind of bizarre. Now, I, I guess you could be right that it's because of hard knocks, but I don't know. I, I I didn't really think that deeply of it beside, like, why are these guys always yelling at each other? And why is Kyler always yelling at Cliff? Like, he's the village idiot. And Kyler... Peyton, and here's Colin's take was like when Peyton Manning yelled at uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I want to say Matt Saturday. I forget the fucking. I'm, I'm I think I'm losing my mind. Jeff Saturday. 
the center. Remember that famous like NFL films click? Like, yeah, he's Peyton Manning. Like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady can kind of scream at you. Like well, Kyler, it's like, hey, yo, bro, you've been terrible this year. And uh, remember when you laid an egg the second half of last year and were one of the worst playoff games we've ever seen? Like Peyton Manning's allowed to yell at you, right? Like that's Justin Verlander's allowed to scream at a an offensive player on his team. Steph Curry's allowed to scream at somebody. Is Kyler, you know, when things aren't going well? I, I don't know. Trey Lance, that's all I think about when I heard about the trade. Money picks. My question is, how many weeks is this gonna is this going to play? How can I be optimistic as a Niner fan? Uh that's a good question from Robert Ortiz. He's an artist, it looks like. Give him a follow back. Like my man Robert. One one thing I I I was on a walk this morning with the dog and you know, it's kind of sad. You just end up thinking about like things like the 49ers trade deeply. And I, w- I was texting with a buddy. And I do wonder if part of this trade, obviously it's about they like Christian McCaffrey. He's under contract. So this isn't a rental. And they have him for several years under contract. And two, like now there are no excuses whenever Trey Lance is able to play. It's like you got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Trent Williams, and Christian McCaffrey, and like four other running backs. Because Elijah Mitchell's a six-round pick. Wilson Jr.'s not going anywhere. And they drafted Ty Davis Price. So it's like, I, I don't know how many more weapons we can give you. Like, look at Justin Fields. He might not be good. But Justin Fields is throwing to me and you. Like, hey, hey, when Trey, whenever you do come back off this injury, you're inheriting, I mean, a pretty incredible group. I don't know if it's quite Hill and Kelsey. But you would say top to bottom, it's deeper than Hill and Kelsey, what Mahomes got to walk into. Or some of the players, you know, Jordan, uh, Justin Herbert got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and, and good players. Obviously, Josh Allen, they've accumulated players over the years. Same with Lamar. But Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think it puts a lot of pressure on Trey because it's like we can't really blame Kyle if Trey's not good next year. It's like, hey, bro, any decent quarterback could make this work. I'll be in Scottsdale on November 2nd through the 6th. I'm a 20-plus handicapper. What courses would you suggest? I'll be playing by myself, unless you would like to join. I'm not a psycho. Uh, And drinking tons of Tito's. Just want to get suggestions. Well, you know, 20... If if you were like... uh, now, if you were like a 10 or under, I would definitely play plenty twice. That's kind of... I don't know if I can do that. Uh, No, I'm kidding. But, uh... I don't know if your handicap necessarily should impact like the courses. It, you have money. If you have money, I would recommend playing the nicer courses. I'd go play TPC Scottsdale. I would go play uh, the Phoenician. I would go play Troon. I, I would go play some of the higher end courses. If you truly don't, if you don't have that much money and really don't care that much about golf, just go to golf now and find you know the cheapest courses. Uh, I'm trying to, there's one kind of in my backyard where I'm at right now in Paradise Valley. Silverado is kind of a muni course, actually not that terrible. I played yesterday Legends Trails in North Scottsdale. Now that was 200 bucks. Here's the one thing that I'm realizing in Scottsdale is like, ultimately I want to join a country club out here, which is going to be a little while. I probably should buy a house first is that the courses in the summer, because it's so hot and so many people are pansies. You can play the best courses for 80 bucks in 110 degree heat in the afternoon. In the winter, when the snowbirds come home, the average course that's solid, let alone good, is like 250 to 350 dollars. 
and they are packed. It's not like, well, it's inflation. You know, it's just inflation. No, it's just these courses are jammed. These are five-hour rounds. So, I, you know, I, if you don't care about golf, just go to, uh, go to golf now. It's a little app. Tells you where to play. Um, get wasted. Have a good time. I'm not a golf snob, but, you know, I don't love playing with bad players. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, good luck to you. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. In my opinion, these new covered stadiums are ruining TV viewer experience by creating ugly shadows caused by their glass roofs during day games. Due to the weird shadows, it's hard to spot the ball. I try to avoid games from SoFi, the new Viking Stadium, and especially Dallas. Yuck. It's pretty jarring and disconcerting. 
As an NFL insider, do you feel the same way? What about players? But as casual fans, me and my buddies feel it's definitely annoying. I had this take the other day. When did the Rams... Did the Rams play a night game recently? Did they play Monday night football? I I just remember watching... Oh, it was the Chargers. I was like, were the Rams? I don't remember them playing Monday. I was like, oh yeah, they share a stadium. Actually, they don't share a stadium. Kroenke owns it and he rents it to Dean for a dollar. And I was watching Chargers Broncos. And I was thinking, I don't like this stadium at night. It's too well lit. And part of it is because it's not a, you know, a normal roof. It's kind of actually open. It didn't feel like a night game. And then I was watching the Cardinals game. I think the Cardinals game is fantastic when it's super dark at night. I, I think the Cardinals game on T or the Cardinals stadium on TV is elite. Now, here's what I will say about SoFi. It's the most remarkable building I've ever been in in my entire life. I'm talking hotels. I'm talking the Vatican. I'm talking sports arenas. Now, I've never been to Wrigley or Fenway or Lambeau. So, I mean, I'm, I haven't been to everything. But I so far, when you factor in modern, I, I'm not talking like uh, relics or just like sweet places with a bunch of history. I'm talking brand new. Started in the last like 15 years. It's the sweetest building I've ever been in in my entire life. Anything. Obviously, the Vatican and you know Lambeau, some of the older stadiums. I'm not comparing it to old stuff. But it it doesn't it looks weird day night I'm with you it doesn't pop on TV it's a better in person experience than it is on television so yeah I would be in agreement and I, I think the same thing about the Viking Stadium now what the Viking Stadium has that SoFi doesn't have why it's a good television product home field is elite this is the same thing with the Saints same thing when the Colts were really good with Peyton Manning is I if you give me an indoor crowd which is really into their team because their team's good and just diehard fans, I can kind of live with it. But I'm with you on the SoFi lighting. The Dallas, the shadows, maybe I'm a little numb to shadows as a West Coast baseball guy. You know, like when you watch a Dodger game or a Giants game or a Padre game, you know, that five o'clock, you know, the shadows. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm less bothered by the shadows and more about the lighting. But I'm glad other people notice that type of stuff like I do. Lifelong Seattle Seahawks fan. Holmgren, Carroll, and Russ brought relevancy to an often forgotten Pacific Northwest. I actually don't think you guys are forgotten as much as you act. You know, I love, you know, you guys act like you guys are just kind of irrelevant. I feel like we talk, you know, Oregon is a major university that's talked about all the time. I'd say Portland's a pretty relevant city. I'd say Seattle's a pretty relevant city. I feel like you guys get talked about. Now, are you relevant like L.A., New York, or Chicago? No, but I, I think sometimes you act like you're uh, fucking Mississippi. Like, come on, guys. Now, it's not really my cup of tea. A little too cold, a little too wet. But anyone who's been to Seattle is like, God, this place is pretty badass. So a little pushback there, but I hear you. You know, you got to keep a chip on your shoulder. I decided to take Carol's side as a Russ became a little pre-Madonna late in his career. Six weeks into the season, it looks like I picked the right side. Question for you. Do you think Russ can ever let his ego take the hit and go back to playing Pete Carroll football? Run first, money to the defense? If not, what can Denver do to mitigate the $250 million hit on the salary cap? Well, it's actually not $250 million, It's only the guaranteed money, but I know what you're saying. So happy the Hawks bailed and trusted Schneider and Carroll to rebuild the team. Looks like they had another insane draft. I didn't realize both Seattle's tackles are rookies. Uh... Here's what I will say looking back over the totality of the situation. John Schneider was so ahead of the curve. 
In 2018, he was prepared if the Browns would have given in to trade Russell Wilson for Josh Allen. That would have been one of the biggest pivot points, seminal moments in the history of football. Because at the time, Russell was viewed as a superstar. Trade him for the number one overall pick and take Josh Allen? Three or four years later, John Schneider would look like the greatest general manager in the history of sports. That would have been one of the ball. He would have made the two ballsiest moves of all time. Drafting Russell in the third round, which I guess wasn't that ballsy, but it just worked out really well. That that would have been one of the craziest trades in the history of my life, any sport. Uh, so yeah, they were, you know, someone, it was a DM I read that hit me up about, I, I forget the guy's name. He was like a trusted mental coach and he was Russ's guy. I think he worked with a lot of not just high-end athletes, businessmen, anyone that could afford him. And he was elite. And he passed away, uh, I, I want to say in the last 24 months. It, it could have been even three or four years. And this guy basically just hit me in, in my DMs, which is a fan of Seattle, and said, you should look into, I wonder if that's when Russell changed. And I, I we just DM back and forth. And my, my pushback was, you know, Marshawn, Richard Sherman, and that whole crew of guys were talking shit about the guy like early on in his career, they thought he was kind of weird. And when you hear these stories about like having to call his, you know, executive assistant when you're his friend or him bringing security guards to his golf tournament that every person there is invited by Russell, like, yeah, I, I don't give you. And, and part of being a grown up, I, I'm sorry, I, I always struggle with this one. It's like, I hate, and I mean hate cheap people with money like you're allowed to be cheap when you don't have much money and and i think a lot of people that get rich that grow up poor be like well it's just ingrained in me well you're allowed to say that the first couple years that you're rich but like when you're 50 and you've been rich for 20 years and you're still cheap like now you're just kind of a scumbag you know like you don't get to be like well i just lost this guy like yeah you know it's like we all lose a parent or lose someone who's a mentor to us and you can't be like 10 years later you know i've just My head's never been right. Like, yeah, you kind of got to fucking, you got to get it together, right? You kind of got to shake it off. You kind of got to figure it out as an adult. It's one thing to be in your teens or even your early 20s, but like once you're like 30 and over, like, I'm sorry, you know, you got to figure it out and mature. You you can't keep holding on to something. And I'm not saying Russell is, but I hate that. Nothing drives me more, just makes me sicker than cheap rich people. That have been rich for a while too. It's like I I just think you're kind of a loser. Big time. Like I love Tiger Woods. I really do. But the story of him not buying cheeseburgers for all the Navy SEALs, and he's historically cheap. I think so's LeBron. Like, yeah, you guys grow up poor, but now you've been super rich for a long period of time. Like, there's just a way to act and a way not to act. Now that's the hard part. Once you become the one everyone's, you know, kind of uh mooching off of who's gonna tell you, like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. It's really just on your parents. Your mom, and let's face it, or dad, and let's face it, when you get so rich, you don't really have to listen to anybody, including them. So uh, that that bothers me. It really does. It's a pet peeve of mine. Love the podcast. Gets me through the workday. Do you think Staley could possibly be fired after the season if he barely makes the playoffs? I, I don't. Uh, he'd have back-to-back seasons. Let's say he wins 10 or 11 games of 9 wins and 10 or 11 wins. This is because Dean Spanos. A guy who not, he's been rich his whole life because the money wasn't his. He inherited all. He was born into the life. 
And nothing bothers me more than cheap people who inherit the money. And it's why I'm on the Yankees fan side of the kids. Like, hey, guys, I understand, like, not being as reckless as old George. But, like, you can't be pinching pennies when you inherited a fucking bohemoth cash printing business known as the New York Yankees. Spend some fucking money on pitchers, fellas. (laughs) I'm going to take the fans side on this one. Like, hey, Dean, how about you purchase a coach, bro? This money, you should thank Jesus that the sperm came from uh, a Spanos and not some random Williamson in, uh, in Florida. Or Nevada. Like you got the hit the genetic lottery. How about take advantage of it, my man? And because of Roger Goodell and your partners in the business that you also inherited, you've never made more money. So spend it. Do I think he'll fire him? Of course not. Should he? Yes. Will he? I I'd I'd be shocked. Too cheap. And I think the thing I, I think being cheap, uh, once you once like, especially once you have money, is kind of, is like a disease. You can't shake it. It's who you, it's ingrained in who you are. And I, I think Dean can't even fathom paying a coach 15 plus million, cutting a check to a football coach making that much money. That makes him sick. Give Mike Brown, the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals credit. Another guy who inherited it all. Very old school. And never, ever wanted to sell the naming rights of his building, which... Sounds pretty archaic, stupid, moronic. I mean, we we could describe it a lot of different ways. But old school people, it's hard for them to change their ways. I'll give him credit on this one. He didn't go to his his grave with that mindset. They're selling the naming rights to their stadium. Now, is it a little late? Yes. But did he ultimately pivot? You got to give the guy credit. Do I ever see Dean pivoting and paying a Sean Payton five years, $100 million? Say this for Mark Davis. Who, who didn't, I mean, he's never had a job. I think he's even admitted that. Inherited this team late in his life. Realized they needed some oomph. They needed some cachet. Now, it, it backfired. He doesn't even have any money, you know, relative to these other guys, especially relative to Dean Spanos. Gave John Gruden $100 million. At least he's taking big swings. Never understand owners that don't take big swings that have the money. Makes me sick. Okay, last question. Pat's fan here. I've heard you talk about ad nauseum how bad New England's 2022 draft was. I don't think I, I don't think I talked ad nauseum about it. I just questioned the Cole Strange pick on the value that a lot of people think that they overpicked them. The draft is not, and obviously Cole Strange has been really good. Let me finish this question. Well, fast forward a few months. Cole Strange is a stud. Tyquan Thornton looks solid. Jack Jones is a stud, and Bailey Zappi looks sweet. You doubling down or wanting walking it back? I never said anything about any other player. I, di- I didn't know who Tyquan Thornton or Jack Jones were. My simple take was on Cole Strange and value. And most people thought that Cole Strange was not a top 50 player. Like, do you get credit if your house is worth right now, or not now because the housing market's crushing, but last year, if your home was worth $100,000, or excuse me, a million dollars. A lot of people, you know, if you live in bigger cities or certain states, it's not, and I know some people listening like, damn, home, million dollars. Like where I lived in the Bay Area, a million dollars is a shit banger. Even hell, in Scottsdale where I'm at right now, a million dollars does not buy you what it used to. But I don't give you that much credit for a million dollar home if you paid $800,000 for the home, right? It's like, oh, you made a couple hundred thousand dollars. But I give like some of these people's flipping homes for a million bucks. They bought the house for $200,000. Like, damn. 
It's a good buy. It's a good flip. That's a, that's a good return on your investment. The, the 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 draft is a marketplace. So Cole Strange is a stud. But if I could have drafted him at pick forty eight instead of pick twenty nine or or thirty wherever they picked him thirty one I, I forget the exact number. That was my beef. Not I, I'd never watched him play. I didn't give my opinion on the player. Right? It's about what do I have to pay for a player to get him as much as getting the right player or getting a good player. It's about the value on what you're paying for the guy based on draft picks, which is the capital of every team in the draft. That is the capital that you go into in these in, you know, those three days. How many picks you have, how much you're willing to pay. So it's the stock market, it's the housing market for players. And the way the reaction I got from people around the league was they just didn't need to draft him there. Remember Sean McVay laughing? They liked him. They just would have drafted him in the third round. Now, I know some people thought he was a late second round pick, whatever. It's, yeah, he's a good player. Now, Bill might, if he was sitting here, it's like, I tried to trade back. I couldn't have. And that's information I don't have. So I've already apologized for betting against Bill. But I still think, like, even if they make the playoffs, a lot of Pats fans are going to make everyone owes Joe Judge and Matt Patricia an apology. I don't think we do. Because if those guys were fired tomorrow, there is not a team in the NFL or college that would hire Joe Judge maybe in college, but Matt Patricia to be their offensive coordinator and Joe Judge to be their quarterback coach. In the NFL, there is not one. That, that's a fact. That's a fact. So... I will apologize to Bill. One thing you learn is you bet against greats. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, the Warriors are shot. No, they got Steph Curry. He's going to bend over the entire league and he's going to win a championship. And you know what? This year, he'll probably win another one. And he'll have more championships than LeBron. You could argue he already does if you don't count the bubble championship, which I don't really. But that's a whole other argument. But when you bet against greats, you'll usually get burned. And I, that, that is potentially the mistake I made is shorting Bill Belichick. Because as long as Bill Belichick really gives a shit and he clearly really cares, his team is never going to suck. It's just impossible. And it doesn't matter who's on the roster. volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.